For over 50 years, people have relied on Village Green Apothecary to give them individualized nutrition, pharmacy, and healthy living products. Village Green provides you with the kind of personalized help and attention that mass market pharmacies have long ago forgotten. You can depend on us for knowledge, experience, product selection, customer service, and a smile. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. We're here to help you. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host, Dr. Kevin Passero, and we're here every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m., Today, we have a great show lined up for you, as always. Next week, my wonderful co-host, Dana Lake, will be back. Today, we're talking with Dr. Satcher, and she is an integrative functional medicine physician right here in Northern Virginia. We're going to be discussing some really interesting topics related to food, related to culture, related to this idea of um, really understanding what is going to work for you. We talk about medicine needing to be personalized, medicine needing to be individualized, and in many ways, functional medicine doctors do this. We spend more time listening to the patient, understanding their life circumstances, their stress circumstances, many of the different circumstances of their life, including looking at their chemistries very individually and biochemically and trying to create a personalized plan. But what about the other parts of our person? Um, What about the other parts of us that are unique to us and unique to our culture. And that is where Dr. Satcher really wants to share some interesting thoughts with us. She takes a very specific approach in helping people identify with aspects of their culture in an effort to help them make dietary changes and use food as a fundamental source of medicine uh, to help them get better. And it's a really interesting way of looking at these different aspects and identifying with a part of yourself that you may not have connected with in a while that you didn't think you could because you didn't realize that those foods could actually be healing and healthful. So it's another exciting way to sort of complete this puzzle piece of what we call holistic medicine. Um, so I'm going to in- introduce her. Um, Dr. Satcher brings a wealth of health and experience in musculoskeletal physical medicine and rehabilitation, occupational medicine, medical leadership, and more recently, functional medicine to her patients. She earned a degree in medicine from Meharry Medical College in Nashville, Tennessee in 1989, completed a residency in internal medicine, New England Deaconess Hospital of Boston in 1992, and a second residency in physical medicine and rehabilitation at Loyola University Medical Center in Illinois in 1996. She is board certified by the American Board of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation, Anti-Aging, Regenerative and Functional Medicine, and Integrative and Holistic Medicine. She is also subspecialty boarded in sports medicine. Dr. Satcher served as a clinical instructor on the faculty of Northwestern University in the Department of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation, and formerly as a clinical instructor on faculty at the University of Illinois, both in Chicago, Illinois. Her area of interest are functional medicine approaches to arthritis and autoimmune diseases. She is certified in functional medicine by the Institute of Functional Medicine, by the American Board of Integrative and Holistic Medicine, and by the Anti-Aging and Regenerative Medicine Board. She has extensive experience in integrative and functional medicine approaches to hormone balancing, both men and women, and weight management. She has been practicing integrative, anti-aging, regenerative, age management, personalized medicine, and functional medicine since 2006. Genomics may influence nutrition and vice versa. She feels that parts of our genes may influence the way that the body metabolizes food. Dr. Satcher believes in approaching health problems by looking at the root causes, 
and modifying lifestyle choices. She has had her own health challenges and lives the healthy lifestyle that she teaches. She says that empowering the individual to manage their own health and to heal themselves is the goal of her programs. In her spare time, Dr. Satcher enjoys running, cycling, swimming, cooking, and painting. So thank you, Dr. Satcher, for taking the time to be with us today. You're welcome. Thanks. Sure. So um, your bio is great and says a lot of really interesting things. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, the way that you practice and some, you know, and how you got to that model of practice, considering that you went to a more conventional type of medical training? Yeah, I really went through conventional medical training. Um, It didn't mention there that I trained in internal medicine um, at New England Deaconess Hospital, and I also was boarded in internal medicine for a while. Mm. Um, And I worked in an internal medicine clinic in Nashville for a year or so before I decided to go into physical medicine and rehab. I went into physical medicine and rehab because I was attracted to it because it felt more holistic. you know, they use we use different modalities mm-hmm. for treating people, and um, we were more open to mm-hmm. things that were probably considered kind of borderline, you know, um, in the alternative, alternative mm-hmm. and complementary realm years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I was attracted to physical medicine and rehab. And um, while I was in physical medicine and rehab, I also um, subspecialized in sports medicine. Um, probably because I was attracted to sports um, myself. Um, And I also felt like when I myself did some marathons and Mm -hmm. triathlons, um, I learned more about nutrition because I was forced to. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, that weaved in well with my interest in food just anyways Mm -hmm. from childhood. I always liked cooking. I always liked um, shopping for food with my mom and learning different recipes. And mm-hmm. my mom loved Julia Childs. So we used to sit around watching Julia Childs and learning how to make birf, beef bergnon, mm-hmm. you know, when I was in grade school. So, so I've always is, had a passion for nutrition and food. Yeah. And, you know, during the era when I grew up in the 70s, that was kind of atypical for an African-American family mm-hmm. to be cooking Italian food, you know, mm-hmm. French food, you know, going with the true recipes mm-hmm. for the foods. Sure. So, yeah. So that's got you somewhat interested. You've always had that little seed of um, looking at more holistic approaches. So that led to the development and all of your additional training in functional medicine and all these other approaches. That's to- what led to it. Mm-hmm. I also had my own health problems. Um, probably after I did a few triathlons and the marathon, um, you know, I had more health challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, I found I wasn't recovering as well. Um, I started having problems with my bladder and later found out that I had these huge fibroids mm. and they were growing, you know, just exponentially mm. um, and got to the point where I couldn't complete a race. Now, before I completed races and would calculate the fluids like exactly mm. so I wouldn't have to stop and go to the restroom. Mm-hmm. But you're talking about four hour, three and four hour yeah. races. And um, I got to the point where I had to stop and like twice. you need twice. to hydrate. It's hard to watch you, your fluids when you're expending that much energy. Right. And you can't stop. Yep. Yeah. You can't, you know, you can't stop hydrating. Mm-hmm. So um, I ended up the last ra- big race that I did like stopping twice 
And I said, oh, this is not going to work. Um, so I ended up having surgery. But then I was told that I had multiple fibroids, which is usually the case mm-hmm. um, with women, you know, that have fibroids. Mm-hmm. And my mom's side of the family, all the women, she has um, she has eight, she has seven siblings and five of them were girls mm-hmm. and they all had hysterectomies mm-hmm. um, by the time I was an adult, including my mom. So I had seen this and I was looking into it, trying to figure out, like, why is everybody getting hysterectomy? Mm-hmm. Like, what what's the commonality? Is there a genetic component to this? Mm-hmm. So I was doing all this research, trying to figure it out. And in the meantime, I decided to have surgery myself because the fibroid was the size of a softball. Mm. Um but then, again, there were still some small yeah. fibroids in there, and they said, well, these are probably going to grow. They took out as much as they could. Um, and But in the meantime, I figured out that there were some dietary factors that were influencing the growth of the fibroids, so mm-hmm. I made changes to my diet. And it just happened that one of my very good friends, who's um, she's actually a hematologist, oncologist at Northwestern at the Children's Hospital invited me to go to the Canyon Ranch for an educational event uh, specifically for physicians and specifically for African-American physicians. Mm -hmm. Um, And they were teaching us about integrative approaches to health, especially for um, problems that were specific in the African-American community, Mm -hmm. um, like diabetes, hypertension, that type of thing. And they essentially tried to give us exposure over the course of five days uh, to everything they had in their armamentarium at Mm. the Canyon Canyon Ranch. Ranch. And they have functional medicine Mm -hmm. as one of their tools there. But they also have exercise and they have diet. They have everything there. So that's what got me hooked. And, you know, once I got exposed to that, I couldn't go back. And I also saw that it helped. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't have to go back and have more surgery for the fibroids. And actually, I had ultrasounds shortly after that to show that they shrunk. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got into it. That's always, it's oftentimes a personal health story that really leads people down a new road when it comes to how they practice as a physician. So it sounds like that's exactly what it was for you. So what are your thoughts about food as a primary therapy when it comes to health? So I think food is really important. Um, I feel I, I talk to my patients and, um, and try to convey that I believe that food is medicine. Um, the chemicals that are in food, I believe, and a lot of the research is showing now that our genes uh, interact with those chemicals mm-hmm. and it may switch genes on or switch genes off. Mm-hmm. Um, and it may, when you eat a poor diet, it may switch more genes on that you don't want to come on, mm-hmm. like that are related to cancer growth, mm-hmm. for example. So um, it's, a, it's a new field called nutrigenomics, mm-hmm. um, and I think that it's already showing a lot of promise. Um, they're having a lot of findings that are showing that, in fact, um, you know, our interaction with the food does control the 
the incidence of sure. disease. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is really interesting how we're learning about how these different foods interact with our DNA to literally turn things on and turn things off. I and mean, we understand things like uh, broccoli is good for us in some ways and, and turmeric because it's almost like a some mild toxicity associated with it that then triggers the antioxidant production in our body, which is really good for us. And it literally can change the way that these enzymes and that these genes are expressed. And we know that bad foods and junk food and processed food, unfortunately, turn off good genes and turn on genes that are very problematic. And we see this not just within food, but we see this across the board. I mean, this is gene therapy that we're learning about. It's at the cutting edge of cancer therapy. We've seen this with things like vitamin D, We understand has this ability to turn on and turn off certain genes. So it's this balance between expressing certain parts of our DNA and suppressing other parts of our DNA. And there's uh, Dr. Joseph Lamb I've interviewed on the show many times, and he had this great saying that I always quote, which is basically, health is the favorable expression of our genetics and Mm -hmm. disease is the unfavorable expression. So it doesn't have this static idea of, oh, you have these genetics, you were born with this, like you. You had the fibroids like all these people in your family, but you changed what you were doing to signal the signals for your body, which is food, which is the information. Right. And that changed the expression of your of your genes so you didn't follow that same pattern. Right. And while that can't be done with every health condition, um, but it's a fundamental start for getting everything ready. Right? It is a start. Yeah. Yeah. And I did find consistencies with my relatives, all the aunts, were heavy coffee drinkers. Mm. Um, and that's one of the things that was found years ago before they even started talking about nutrigenomics, mm-hmm. but uh, that influenced the growth of fibroids. Yeah, mm-hmm. lots of different things influence the growth of, fi- growth of fibroids. Yes. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was did a lecture last night. Uh, that was about hormone balancing. And we spent a whole segment on nutrition mm-hmm. and discussing the impacts of what we eat specifically related to to women's health and estrogen Mm -hmm. and all of the different sources of estrogen that are in our diet from um, cows that are treated with hormones, but even not so much. Most animals that we consume are actually female animals. And so they they are biological animals that have their own hormones and their own levels of estrogen and we're consuming them. Right. So we know that there's estrogen in in their flesh and we know that, you know, dairy that you drink, I mean the the cows that are producing dairy are producing it because they're lactating moms. Right. With right. high levels of estrogen. So right. it's, you know, and then also the balance of your carbohydrates in your diet mm-hmm. affect the secretion of hormones and too high carbohydrate diet or too much, too many sugars mm-hmm. may cause your body to produce more estrogens too. Yep. So, so it's really about finding that that balance. And pretty much, you know, what's interesting is we you can look at all these different health issues, a, a nutrition approach for preventing cancer, a nutrition approach for preventing diabetes, a, a nutrition approach for preventing hormone-related problems, a nutrition approach for preventing arthritis, whatever it is. When it all boils down, it's basically the same principles. Yeah. It's, you know, eat more plants. Right. Right. Keep your blood sugar stable. Right. Don't eat processed food. Right. Have good quality fats. I mean, it, it and all kind of eat real food. Yes. It all kind of comes down food. to the same thing because the reality is, is all of those things is all, even though we label them as these, all these separate conditions mm-hmm. and we think the body's malfunctioned in this area or malfunctioned in that area. 
the reality is is that different people just express their dysfunction differently, right? Correct. And so if we just give the body the tools it, it needs, needs, the cells it needs in order to have optimal health, mm-hmm. it could make sense that it could resolve sort of all of those things, mm-hmm. which is different than the typical paradigm of medicine when we have this specialist and that specialist and this drug Way and different. that drug and everything mm-hmm. is compartmentalized and has to fit in its mm-hmm. own little subspecialty. Mm-hmm. When we come back from the break, let's pick up the conversation. We can talk a little bit more about nutrition and learn about your unique approach to helping patients understand how to incorporate better nutrition into their life. This is Dr. Kevin Passero with The Essentials of Healthy Living, and we'll be back right after these words. Solgar number 7 can help you feel the difference. Solgar number 7 actually shows improvement in joint comfort within seven days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar number 7 is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar number 7 help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within seven days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar number 7 says yes. Solgar number 7, available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Whole Food Multivitamins. They are the only USDA certified organic, non-GMO verified whole food multivitamins available. They're gluten-free, certified vegan, and feature a patent-pending clean tablet technology. Kind Organics is super clean, untreated, unadulterated, and real whole food. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics, now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Are you under a lot of stress these days? Pressure from your job, personal life, politics. It can all take a serious toll on your health. But we can help. Village Green Apothecary can help you achieve a healthier lifestyle with our wide range of nutritional supplements, health-related books, and more. We've been providing customized nutrition and healthy living resources for over 50 years. And we'll take the time to advise you about your unique needs. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com. Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognisure from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognisure supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining healthy cognition and a healthy brain as it ages. Cognisure is also easy to take in delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental capacity with healthy habits and Cognisure. Remember Cognisure for healthy brain aging support. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. Do you have unique needs that a mass market pharmacy can't meet? Village Green Apothecary can help. Maybe your doctor prescribed a special compounded formula or you have concerns about allergies or dietary supplements. Our expert team includes pharmacists, nutritionists, clinical herbalists, and naturopaths who can offer you advice on nutritional products and personalized healthy living plans. We also offer specialized lab and micronutrient testing to our customers. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane. Call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you for tuning in. We're here with Dr. Satcher. She is a integrative medicine physician with a practice in Springfield, Virginia. Um, uh, Dr. Satcher, how can people learn more about your practice? So I have a website um, at www.treatyourselftohealth.com. Okay. Um, And they can also call 703-454-9326. Great. So we just had an interesting conversation about nutrition, and my listeners have certainly heard me talk to many guests about the importance of nutrition and food. So you... um, 
take, I think, a really unique individualized approach to helping people understand how to relate to their food. So why don't you share with us a little bit about your experiences in life and mm -hmm. how that sort of molded your approach to helping people relate to food, to healthier food, to a healthier diet? So <clears throat> I grew up um, kind of in a different kind of household. Um, when my dad was in graduate school, he got a Ph.D. in radiation chemistry from uh, Oregon State University. And it's interesting because he was there during the time that Linus Pauling was there. Mm. And my dad was looking at how DNA was negatively, human DNA was negatively affected by uh, radiation exposure which the U.S. government was very interested in at the time in the 70s. Mm -hmm. And um, actually Linus Pauling was looking at how you repair the DNA mm. and, you know, the nutrients that were mm -hmm. involved. Um, and actually my dad used to go to lectures that Linus Pauling was giving. Oh, wow. So my dad used to feed us vitamin C all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and that was uh, behind my dad's philosophy of keeping us well when we were young. That's great. Uh, but uh, we used to sit around watching uh, Julia Child mm -hmm. cook uh, beef bourguignon and mm -hmm. cook some other, you know, French recipes. And my mom and my siblings, my three brothers and I, we used to try to replicate the recipes at home. Mm -hmm. um, not only that, but we would cook like Italian food, like true Italian food, um, Mexican food, you know, as mm -hmm. close as we could figure out how to get to it. Um, while I was in um, early elementary school, um, my dad decided to take an assignment from USAID and we went to Uganda in East Africa. We were supposed to be there for two years, but this was during the time that Idi Amin was in power, so we ended mm. up leaving after six months. However, I, you know, it was enough time for my brothers and I to be exposed to the culture there mm -hmm. and the food, and we had people working in our house uh, that lived in villages, so we got to go out into the villages. We saw them, saw my dad drinking, you know, fermented beer that they had made mm -hmm. we tasted diff different foods that they were eating mm -hmm. that the natives were eating there and this was not rich people these were like you know the regular mm -hmm. people living there in the villages with literally straw huts mm -hmm. um, and dirt floors so um, and that's not every part of Africa but in the part where we were living that was like the average type of life living situation yep. type of living situation um, then when we left Africa, uh, my parents took us on a little tour uh, because the U.S. government, uh, you know, they said that we could take several months before we came back home. Mm -hmm. uh, so we went to France, we went to Italy, we went to Greece, um, and my parents took us to every historic site that they could find. Um, and But we also ate the native foods mm -hmm. um, in each of the areas. Instead of taking us to fast food restaurants, which were there, mm -hmm. like McDonald's and mm -hmm. burger joints and pizza places like that, um, my parents took us to eat the authentic foods in each of the areas. Mm -hmm. So that gave me an appreciation for, you know, how different ethnicities were relating to food. Yeah. <clears throat> And then as an adult, um, back in 2004, I went on a medical mission to West Africa, uh, to Burkina Faso, 
um, with a group that was actually out of out of D.C. and some of the folks were from Walter Reed. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went out into the true uh, bush, and this is a sub-Saharan country, and uh, the the main form of revenue for the country is agriculture. So it's a little more um, poor than some of the other countries. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were way out in the bush um, seeing people for uh, about 10 days um, who were walking, literally people were walking uh, like, you know, 30 miles. Wow. To <clears throat> Just there. to get some medical care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was very interesting. Um, it was a great experience. But again, we were eating the native foods mm-hmm. uh, because that's what was available. Um, and, you know, we didn't bring all of our own food. We had, I think they had like American cereal for us for breakfast, but um, everything else was, mm-hmm. you know, what they had locally there. Um, so again, that reinforced my appreciation for. And and actually, people there on the average were pretty healthy if they stuck to their native cuisine. Traditional diet. But if they were eating Western food, then they were, you know, mm-hmm. developing problems, mm-hmm. um, a, you know, variety of problems. So um, in my practice today, um, I take that experience and I hope that um, my patients see that I try to get them to relate to the foods that they grew up with or Mm -hmm. the foods of the ethnicities from where they come from. And I believe ultimately in these studies of nutrigenomics that we're going to find that some some of the influence of what helps our genes to um, produce health and wellness is related to where our genes came from Mm -hmm. and what foods, you know, our bodies um, adjusted to accommodating. Yeah. Um, And I think they're already finding some evidence from that. But also, I think that um, some we can benefit from foods from other cultures, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that are found to be beneficial. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, an example I'll give of that is like when I went to Canyon Ranch and went hiking um, up in the mountains in Arizona, uh, I was introduced to foods like mesquite. Um, and mesquite is it's a seed that comes from a, a tree and they grind it up to make a flower. And actually now it's widely available. But back then um, I had never heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps to bring down the blood sugar and mm-hmm. you can actually make pancakes, you know, cookies, you can make anything you can use flour for. Uh, you can make it with mesquite flour. And there are a lot of things like that mm-hmm. that may be beneficial to everybody. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, ultimately we need to be very specific and personal about the nutrition that we recommend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, we know that certain nutrition concepts are, um, very prevalent in sort of our field of, of medicine. You know, there's Mediterranean diet, there's people who advocate for a paleo diet or a ketogenic diet or all these different diets that sort of manipulate macronutrients or Correct. avoid inflammatory foods. And, you know, they're kind of, um, there's a lot of recipes out there for it, but they don't necessarily take into context what people really like 
or what they have been culturally connected to. Right. You know, and I think, uh, you know, as we were going to talk about, one of the problems is that a lot of the things that we identify as being culturally connected to may not actually be truly representative of that culture. Like we were talking about, I'm I'm Italian, Italian, right? right. So, you know, I mean, growing up, there may have been a lot of pasta and that was considered an Italian type of a way of eating. But, you know, I remember recipes that my grandma used to cook that were really traditional Italian recipes and they didn't really involve much actual pasta. Uh, or if there was, it was a much smaller amount in relationship to the vegetables that were there, or to the beans or whatever it was. Right. And there's there. and talking about Italy, there's some parts of Italy where they don't eat traditional pasta. Mm-hmm. Um, some parts of Italy are more like they're eating rice mm-hmm. or, you know, something like rice. Um, so, you know, and what you were talking about, what's happened in America is that some of the cultural food has become Americanized. Right. So when they when the immigrants came here, they found certain foods were plentiful. So then they adapted mm-hmm. their recipes to accommodate what was available locally. Yeah. Plus, I mean, you know, there was a, a, a time period when, you know, the food industry really had a strong influence over what people were deciding to do. It was like, you know all the ads is instead of using butter, use Crisco. And, right. you know, I mean, it really influencing people that this is cheaper. It'll stay on your shelf longer. And there was excitement around it because it was new. And, you know, I know my grandparents, you know, came up in the depression and there was, it was important to basically utilize these different ingredients and it did shape and shift the recipes and the way that they did prepare food. So a lot of people think now, well, if I were to eat what my, what I grew up culturally, that doesn't match what my doctor is telling me I need to do to achieve the stated health goals that I want. I want to decrease my inflammation. I want to help my GI system work better. You know, all these different things that we prescribe these diets for. Right, right. Well, I find that a lot of people think when they come in that they're going to have to completely change everything mm-hmm. and that they're not going to be able to eat things that they grew up with and that they're not going to be able to eat things that they're familiar with culturally. Right. And I find the first thing that I'm usually asking them about food is what their favorite foods are, Mm -hmm. because I think it's very important in order for people to buy into, you know, changing or to making change that they can see they can preserve some of their culture, Mm -hmm. Um, especially I think it's especially true with people that are still more culturally connected to uh, you know, wherever they came from. Yeah. Because we have people that are more recent yep. immigrants and then we have people that are like you, you know, they're Caucasian mm-hmm. and they've kind of like just assumed the American. American yep. yeah. Yeah, a lot of people have lost touch with their culture. They, yeah, don't, they didn't really touch. get their culture was um, fast food, America, right. whatever it was, you know, right. they just kind of got, got lost in the mix. Right. Um, right. But usually there's some touch point of something, even if it's not um, related to a structured culture, like whether you're Italian or whether, you know, you're Asian or come from Japan or Africa, wherever it is, there's probably something that there you are. remember as a comfort food that you remember right. as something that your mom used to make you or your grandma used to make you, whatever it might be. There are. Um, and as we talked about before we came on, food 
is a really emotional experience for a lot of people. It is very um, emotional. For, I mean, it's I've had people get more upset about having to give up dairy than they would about leaving their spouse. I mean, right, right. people can get very, very emotional about food. And that can work against making food changes in some ways because people feel like they're going to be deprived, like they have to give something up. Or if you can help people reconnect with an aspect of food that was a very positive emotion, Mm -hmm. a pleasant childhood, memories of loved ones, family Mm -hmm. gatherings, things along those lines, it can actually become a really positive experience. The trick would be um, trying to make sure to craft those recipes in a way that they still give that emotional and and food experience satisfaction, but also meet their health requirements that we're trying to get them to meet. So when when we come back from the break, can we pick up this conversation and talk about that a little bit more? Mm -hmm. This Mm -hmm. is Dr. Kevin Passero with The Essentials of Healthy Living, and we're going to be back right after these words. Mega Food Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm-fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. MegaFood believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. MegaFood, from farm to tablet, our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Zymogen is pleased to announce the arrival of FitFood, a delicious, high-quality, functional food that's formulated to support weight management, healthy body composition, glycemic management, cardiovascular and immune health, and more. Each delicious serving of FitFood contains 21 grams of pure New Zealand-sourced bioactive whey protein, 6 grams of fiber-immune-supporting oat beta-glucan, and additional glutamine, glycine, taurine, and MCTs. FitFood provides holistic support for today's active body. Learn more at Zymogen.com. Available now through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit nordicnaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet committed to pure and great tasting omega oils. The brain requires nutrition just like the rest of the body. And this is where Gero Formula's Neuro Optimizer comes to the rescue. Neuro Optimizer is a concentrated source of nutrients needed for memory, mood, concentration, and focus. Neuro Optimizer supplies the building blocks for neurotransmitters, the chemicals that allow cells in the brain to communicate and to file away memories. Neuro Optimizer is the nutritional answer to the brain's needs. To learn more about formulas, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary. Did you know at Village Green Apothecary, we offer everyday savings on top quality nutritional supplements, including herbs and homeopathic remedies, plus personal care products and more. That's right. In addition to our big sales events, you can save up to 20% on most everything you need for a healthier lifestyle. Today and every day, at Village Green, we care about our customers. We've been providing the best nutrition and healthy living products for over 50 years. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. 
I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. Next week, my wonderful co-host, Dana Lake, will be returning. We're here every Sunday from 10 to 11. Today, we're talking with Dr. Satcher, and we've been discussing aspects of nutrition, food, cultural aspects related to food. And in this segment, we're going to continue the conversation. And basically, um, you know, part of the, the take-home message is that food is essential for health, but food is also something that is very emotional and is sometimes yes. difficult to make changes. So how do we help people further identify with the changes that they're making related to their diet so they can truly enjoy their food, so they can truly enjoy the experience, so they can truly make the changes necessary for their, for their health? Um, if you want to learn more about Dr. Satcher and her practice, you can visit www.treatyourselftohealth.com or you can reach her at 703 703- Four five four nine three two six. So, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you for inviting me. Sure. Okay. So, um, so what? How do we do this? How do you? First of all, you've had a lot of exposure to different cultures, right? So, yes. um, you're probably unique in your ability to have somebody come in who maybe has um, a Vietnamese background or an African background or an Indian background or a European background and be able to understand some of the foods that most they would say and people would go, well, what, what's that? I've never heard of that. Right. And then you need to also be able to have the culinary ability to help people modify it, correct? Yes, yes. And I have a passion for cooking. I mentioned, you know, mm-hmm. learning from my mom and Julia Child when mm-hmm. I was very small um, and I've taken quite a bit of training and classes and cooking myself. Um, I consider going to culinary school, but I think I would have to quit practicing medicine to go to culinary <laughs> school for a couple of years. Uh-huh. Um, I've taken pastry classes, uh, you know, learning how to make the hardest type of pastries, the French pastries. So um, I'm very familiar with the ingredients. I'm very familiar with the methods mm-hmm. of cooking. You know, I I have friends that are professional chefs and I can sit down and and have a conversation with them just like I'm a chef. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying I am a chef because that requires other training. However, you know, I can I can know you know your way around the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. So um, another thing is, you know, I mentioned the health challenges that I had um, and uh, within um trying to attain wellness myself. Um, I had to learn how to substitute for gluten and for wheat, mm-hmm. um, which is hugely challenging for a mm-hmm. lot of people and for dairy. We were talking yep. about dairy earlier. And those are, um, you know, favorite, favorite foods, part of many traditional recipes, whether it's fried food, whether it's right. baked goods. I mean, that often is the staple of where most of people's cultural food starts. Right, right. And for me, the the gluten became a life or death situation because later on, after the fibroid episode, like Mm -hmm. several years later, I found that I was getting very, very sick and I didn't know why. And I went to a functional medicine practice when I was living in Atlanta and, um, they helped me to figure it out mm. um, that it was gluten and dairy, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and once I eliminated those, you know, I got much better. Mm-hmm. But then you run into the challenges of, you know, gluten contamination. Mm-hmm. And and back then, like this is 2003, 2004, yeah. people were not really familiar with like all the iterations, you yeah. know. 
how people could have cross reactants, mm -hmm. you know, and there wasn't even testing for that. So I had to figure out a lot of that on my own. Mm -hmm. So in that process, I learned like all the substitutions and yeah. how to like change the methods of cooking. But um, recently I've had, like I had Filipino patients come in and we were having a conversation about uh, their food and it was a husband and wife and the the wife was complaining because she was saying she couldn't find much to cook for her husband, who was the one having health problems. Mm -hmm. And um, I said, okay, well, what are you eating? And they were naming like, you know, the most of the everyday stuff, but they weren't naming what I know a lot of Filipino people are familiar with. And they were recent immigrants. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned to them, I said, are you eating pancit? You didn't, you didn't mention that. And then they lit up and they were so happy yeah. that I knew what their food was, mm -hmm. you know, what part of the, I'm not saying that's their whole everything, but. Right, but you knew a, but a that's piece of their, their culture that yeah, probably not many people outside of the Filipino culture know. And as right. their doctor, that helped them right. really feel comfortable and identify with, you know, that you understand them right. and understand and I, their food. Right. And I didn't want him to be eating wheat because he was having big problems with wheat. Mm -hmm. And he was occasionally eating pancit. And that Which was, is, uh, it's a noodle dish okay, and it has pork in it. Made with wheat noodles usually? Made with wheat noodles. Gotcha. And they're very small. It's kind of like a vermicelli. Mm -hmm. It's a very small noodle. So, um... I know my way around some of the international stores in Northern Virginia. So I suggested to them that, hey, there's this noodle and it's made out of yam. Um, it doesn't, it's not going to taste exactly the way that, you know, yep. the wheat noodle tastes that you're using. And you may have to experiment with it a little bit to figure out how to perfectly cook it mm -hmm. uh, to fit your recipe. But I think that this noodle will fit what you're doing. And it actually came from another Asian culture. Mm. Um, from the Korean culture, but they were surprised that I also knew the Asian markets mm -hmm. um, and I knew which one to tell them to go get it mm -hmm. from in Northern Virginia. So, you know, they were surprised. And I said, you know, talk to them about the meat that they were using mm -hmm. um, in the dish. And um, I think it had soy in it. Um, so we talked about different substitutions that they could make to prepare the dish and still make it authentically, but just without the wheat noodles mm -hmm. uh -huh. yeah. and substitute everything else. Um, and still, you know, the pork could be done in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Because isn't that, um, isn't that what it's all about is really helping people find the strategies that they can do to help themselves. I mean, the worst part is for me is when you actually, identify something that is a problem for somebody, um, a food allergy, a food sensitivity, and, and you know that if they avoid it, their health will improve. And you could, you can see almost into the future about how they're going to feel in their body and how they're going to do and the risk reduction for all major diseases they're going to have. And there's all these right. exciting things as a physician that you want to be able to give to that person. Right. But if you can't, help them understand it and do it in a way that's practical and something that they're, they'll enjoy. It just doesn't happen. And right. sometimes you can just see that block go when people don't know what to do with food or with nutrition, because there's not really a lot of resources out there that help people individually like that. No, they're not. And, mm -hmm. um, even though we have the internet now, 
it's still challenging because I think it's there's such a sea of information. Yeah, it's almost it's so too much. massive, mm-hmm. and people just don't even know how to look for it. Yeah. So I try to help guide them to mm-hmm. different recipes on the internet as well, mm-hmm. on different websites. And sometimes I can go on there and find things for them. Sure. That mm-hmm. you know how to piece that together. That I know how to piece together. you can sort of sift through the information. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we're, another example, we were talking about uh, dairy. Mm-hmm. Dairy's a big, uh, that one's as yep. huge as wheat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the as common as the wheat problems are, gluten sensitivity is very common. Um, and celiac, you know, uh, the numbers are still out there with the celiac. I, yeah. I would say those are in flux. Um, but dairy is almost as common as the gluten sensitivity for various reasons. Mm-hmm. And I think there are various reasons that we don't understand um, why people have so many of these food sensitivities now that mm-hmm. didn't have them you know, long ago. Sure. But, um, yeah, the dairy is challenging because people love cheese. Yes. Um, Americans love cheese. And, uh, you know, um, if you're from other countries, you love cheese too, because you love the cheeses from your country. Mm -hmm. But the cheeses from other countries tend to be healthier than Mm -hmm. our cheese here. Um, When you go to other countries, they tend to make cheese with raw milk. Um, and you know, they have different recipes and they're more like artisan, which Mm -hmm. is like small batches, um, rather than mass produced, like we have it here. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, even though I have sensitivity for dairy also, if I go to Italy or France and get like, you know, a small piece of certain types of cheese that are like from raw milk or, Mm -hmm. you know, artisan made organic, you know, non GMO cows, Mm-hmm. Um, I might be able to eat a little piece, you yeah. know, um, as opposed to here where I'm going to have a violent reaction mm-hmm. to the the cheese. So and um, a lot of people that have the dairy sensitivity are like that. However, some people can't eat it at all. Yeah. So we have to come up with something that will work for them. And ice cream is another favorite of mm-hmm. people uh, that love dairy. And we have a lot of options out here now. I mean, I was just in mom's market. Um, uh, and I think they have them in Whole Foods too and, and Safeway. They're these ice creams that are made from coconut milk, mm-hmm. almond milk, mm-hmm. um, cashew milk, cashew milk. Yep. I had one of those the other day that was really good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was so, a cashew, it was something chocolate with snickerdoodle cookies in it and it was gluten-free yeah. and dairy-free and yes. somebody served it to me with uh, fresh sliced mangoes. It was delicious. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was really wow. good. what a treat. I didn't miss, you know, any of the other ingredients. Yeah, yep. yeah. So there are a lot of options out there for that and there are also recipes, you know, mm-hmm. like some people like to make ice cream in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you can find recipes online for coconut milk ice cream, for cashew milk, almond milk, mm-hmm. rice milk, you know, lots of different types of um, milk substitutes mm-hmm. that you can do a lot with. Yeah, maybe when we come back from the break, we can talk about that a little bit more and some of the really great substitutes that people can use 
in lieu of some of these things that are major problems. Mm-hmm. We maybe mm-hmm. talk about a few more recipes. So this is Dr. Kevin Passero with the Essentials of Healthy Living, and we're going to be back right after these words. Solgar Number no. Seven can help you feel the difference. Solgar Number no. Seven actually shows improvement in joint comfort within seven days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar Number no. Seven is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar Number no. Seven help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within seven days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar Number no. Seven says yes. Solgar Number no. Seven available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Multivitamins. That's right, certified organic. Made with the highest quality standards, uncooked, untreated, unadulterated, non-GMO certified, vegan, and gluten-free. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics. Now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Ah, the joy of commuting in Washington. Whether you work on the hill or outside the beltway, you know how stressful it is to get around. Stress can take a serious toll on your health, and Village Green Apothecary can help. We offer over 10,000 healthy living products, including top-quality nutritional supplements, herbal remedies, and more. Our nutritionists and pharmacists offer a personalized approach to help you with your health needs. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com. Some things are hard to stomach, and life doesn't stop for occasional immune challenges or intestinal distress. ProBalarti from Metagenics offers a new targeted probiotic approach for intestinal support. Help maintain control while traveling or as a follow-up to antibiotic therapy to support intestinal flora for healthy intestinal function. ProBalarti provides ID-certified probiotic strains suggested by research to enhance certain aspects of immune function in addition to promoting a healthy balance of intestinal microflora. ProBalarti is the go-to probiotic for patients on the go. Get it today. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Have you ever wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? One theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure, our bodies don't make enough vitamin D, which is essential to proper immune function. That's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin D. Thorne Research's vitamin D products are made from pure vitamin D with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added. Support your immune system with Thorne's vitamin D1000 and D5000. These and other immune-supporting formulas are always available at Village Green. Welcome back to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. We're here every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m. Today, we've been talking with Dr. Satcher, an integrative physician in Northern Virginia. You can learn more about her practice by visiting www.treatyourselftohealth.com or calling her office at 703-454-9326. We've been talking about helping people transition their way into healthier diets, especially people that are tied to specific cultural diets or helping people even reconnect with some of their cultural diets to help them enjoy the process, but we run into some roadblocks, right? We know that uh, a lot of the foods that are major staples in most diets, like gluten and dairy products, tend to be, unfortunately, foods that have the highest rate of reactivity, triggering inflammation, autoimmune problems, digestive issues, gut microflora imbalances, gut permeability, a whole host of problems that really 
work against the optimal expression of health of our body. Right. So in the last segment, you know, with gluten, there are a lot of great options out there now. Yeah. Um, dairy is a little bit harder. So you were going to talk a little bit more about this segment of some options that people can look at in substituting for dairy products. And then maybe we can talk a little bit about autoimmune conditions specifically if we have time. Yeah, sure. So with the dairy, <clears throat> it's interesting because there's always been cheese substitutes out there. Mm -hmm. But if you start reading the labels on the one, the older ones, a lot of them were soy based. Yep. And I didn't like telling people to get those because mm -hmm. they had soy and sometimes even had whey in them. Mm -hmm. And frankly, they didn't really taste very good. And they, they were terrible. That was the problem. They were I tried horrible. those long ago yep. before I knew I couldn't eat soy. So, yeah. So now you have, uh, you know, there's some brands like Daya. Mm -hmm. There are some other brands now coming out that are more artisanal. Um, that are using coconut milk or almond milk, you have to read the labels yep. because you have to make sure there's not soy in there. Some other fillers are like grain fillers mm -hmm. if you can't eat grain. Um, and, uh, you know, artificial chemicals, you don't want to eat those things. But, um, you know, there are, if you go to the health food stores around here, the Whole Foods or the Mom's Markets or um, the Yes Market in, in mm -hmm. D.C., um, and some of the mom and pops like Roberta's market out in uh, Northern Virginia, um, they will have those cheeses mm -hmm. um, and they have hard cheeses. They have semi soft. They have mm -hmm. shredded. I mean, there's everything. Yeah, they're and getting quite good. The artisanal nut cheeses. So it's usually cashew right. or almond, right. um, you know, and they're actually quite good. They're so quite good. For an example, my my. Um, Nine-year-old daughter and my six-year-old son, we made dinner for my mom for her birthday. Oh, nice. And we made her spaghetti and meatballs. Now, she hasn't eaten cheese in a really long time, mm -hmm. um, just for allergy reasons. But mm -hmm. we, we did what exactly what you would tell. Instead of using the wheat noodles, we actually mm -hmm. used a zucchini spiralizer, mm -hmm. and we made zucchini mm -hmm. noodles. Mm -hmm. We made the meatballs from grass-fed, you know, organic beef. beef. Mm -hmm. And then for the cheese, we used a, a really nice brand. Mayoko's is one mm -hmm. they sell at oh, most yeah. Whole Foods. Yeah. And she makes an amazing mozzarella cheese. Right. And we used that and melted it on top. And right. I mean, it was a complete hit. And my mom is not someone who's used to eating these alternative cheeses or eating zucchini noodles, right? right. But it her and my dad and my kids... Everybody absolutely loved it. And it was a great right. example of how to take something that was culturally sort of what we grew up with, spaghetti and meatballs, and mm -hmm. turn it into something that 100% lined up with my health issues and I know would support anybody's optimal expression of health because there was yeah. nothing inflammatory. It was loaded with nutrients, good quality fats, right. and things that were easily digestible. Right. So talk right. a little bit about um, autoimmune issues because- that's a huge issue, a huge problem. Autoimmune disease is, is rampant, everything from sort of minor, more minor autoimmune diseases to really severe it's autoimmune really diseases. It's really epidemic. Yeah, it really I is. Mean, thyroid, yep. Yep. Uh, diabetes is actually autoimmune. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, just a whole host of diseases that people may have different names for yep. turn out to be autoimmune disease. Yep. So it's very common. People, usually when they show up in my office, they want to know, okay, what's the list or the magic formula of the supplements mm -hmm. uh, that I should be taking? What should I go buy? Mm -hmm. um, and the first thing I want to talk about is their nutrition because yep. you, cannot, you cannot have this conversation without talking about nutrition. Mm -hmm. uh, you cannot talk about trying to reverse the effects or trying to reverse what's going on with your autoimmune 
or with your immune system and trying to heal whatever your immune system is attacking without addressing food. Mm -hmm. Food is a major, major portion of what's going on. It's more important than everything else Mm -hmm. other than stress. Mm -hmm. Because I would say stress is number one, Mm -hmm. but number two is nutrition. Yep. Okay. And um, nutrition, so the food that you're eating or what you're putting in your mouth is interfacing with your immune system. People don't realize that two-thirds of your immune system is in your gut. Yep. Um, and it starts in your mouth. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people have reactions to foods just when it's on their lips, yep. on their tongue, because of the lymph nodes that are in the mouth and mm-hmm. in the tongue. So, and that sets off um, a cytokine, like, shower within the body. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a cascade of mechanisms but it's causing inflammatory chemicals to be released into the body and causing your immune system to essentially be confused Mm -hmm. and start attacking your own body. So it's very important to address the food um, as one of the major issues influencing autoimmunity and influencing uh, wellness Mm -hmm. versus disease. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And whether it's an autoimmune condition like a thyroid issue or a more severe one like rheumatoid arthritis, it does all start with food and nutrition. And it's important to make sure that the things that you're eating, your immune system hasn't mistakenly identified as being a problem because we don't, food is the most, besides air that we breathe, we don't consume anything more foreign, more foreign material than food. Right. So there's all these proteins and antigens and all of these things that are bacteria and bacteria and mold that our body can can interface with. (laughs) And because our immune system you know, I mean, our body knows it was designed that, you know, we're going to be ingesting all of these organisms and all of these things from food, right? It's mm-hmm. all contaminated. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it put all of our immunity, most of it in our gut to help protect us from that. Right. But unfortunately, things can go somewhat wrong mm-hmm. over time with poor diets and stressors. And yes, looking at yes. food and putting somebody on a really good hypoallergenic anti-inflammatory diet is absolutely the cornerstone and starting point for any issue related to autoimmunity. And I would say when it comes to nutraceuticals or what they call supplements, Mm -hmm. that I'm usually trying to choose food-based because what Mm -hmm. they're finding now with the research is that the combination of the nutrients that's in the food is actually the key to how the nutrients get into Mm -hmm. the body through the gut. Yep or however you're putting them in there, mm-hmm. um, and that they need to be replicated or duplicated in a way that looks chemically the way they Similar. look in food. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely enhances absorption. And you, I see many patients do better with food-based nutrients. And of course, you know, people, if they're willing to do the right things with nutrition... They, they oftentimes don't, to, don't need. Right, they don't need. They don't so need much a bag full of supplements. No, you know, uh, no. It, they really don't. No. So, all right. Well, thank you so much, Doctor Satcher. I appreciate you taking the time with us this morning. It was really a great conversation. Thank you. Thank you for having such a great conversation and being open to the discussion and inviting me. Sure, you're welcome. And if you'd like to learn more about Doctor Satcher, you can visit www.treatyourselftohealth.com. Thank you, everybody. This is Dr. Kevin Passero with the Essentials of Healthy Living, wishing you all the best of health until next time. Take care. 
Did you know at Village Green Apothecary, we offer everyday savings on top quality nutritional supplements, including herbs and homeopathic remedies, plus personal care products and more. That's right. In addition to our big sales events, you can save up to 20% on most everything you need for a healthier lifestyle. Today and every day at Village Green, we care about our customers. We've been providing the best nutrition and healthy living products for over 50 years. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5450. West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com.